RNZ News at Midday. Kia ora, good afternoon. I'm Nicola Wright. Gaurav Sharma has been expelled from the Labour Party caucus. At a meeting this morning, it almost unanimously decided to kick the Hamilton West MP out. Here's our political reporter, Giles Dexter. The expulsion marks the climax of an extraordinary 12 days, which started with Dr Sharma penning a column alleging bullying and gaslighting by colleagues and parliamentary service. Despite being suspended and put on notice by the caucus, he continued to make more unsubstantiated allegations and release secret recordings, hence his expulsion. Dr Sharma, who was at today's meeting, says 61 people voted to expel him, one person abstained and one voted against. He will serve out the rest of this term as an independent MP, but continues to call for an investigation into the claims he's made. One of those accused by Dr Sharma of bullying says he disputes every allegation made by the MP. Kieran McAnulty says he has provided records from his time as Labour's chief whip, on the basis of which it's been deemed there is no need for an investigation. It's really awful to be accused of something that isn't true in any instance, but to then have that play out in the, in the public, it's been really, really tough. Labour's current chief whip also denies Dr Sharma's allegations, saying he has never yelled at an MP. Duncan Webb says he's also never done anything that could be interpreted as bullying. No, I take my job really seriously. My job's to help MPs at their job. And uh, I think I do that to the best of my ability. Before this morning's meeting, however, Dr Sharma said a government minister had contacted him, saying they've been bullied. He said he has evidence of this, and it should be more than enough to start an investigation. What is the threshold for uh, an independent inquiry when you've got ministers from the inside circles of the government saying they've been bullied uh, by uh, the Labour Party? In a statement, Labour leader Jacinda Ardern says the caucus also voted to refer Dr Sharma to the Labour Party National Council for it to consider any further disciplinary action. About a thousand people are gathering at Parliament for an anti-government protest, the first there since the occupation of the grounds was ended nearly six months ago. They've been met by about 300 counter-protesters outside the gates. Rosie Gordon reports. <laughs> Hundreds of people gathered in Wellington Civic Square this morning for the protest led by Brian Tamaki's Freedoms and Rights Coalition and then made their way along Lambton Quay. New Zealand flags were being waved and signs opposing the government and mask wearing were carried. Awaiting them at the Cenotaph were people counter-demonstrating against what they called a convoy of far-right groups. The police are out in force monitoring the situation, determined not to allow a repeat of February's occupation. One of the protesters says he's there because he thinks the government's taking his rights away. Jax says there are a number of reasons. Being able to have the choice to choose our own rights and freedoms. Um, also, um, don't really like the fact that the government are trying to parent our own children. Jax says he feels parents aren't having enough of a say on what their children can do. Surgeons say it'll take a near-perfect set of conditions to clear long surgical waiting lists, and that's very unlikely to happen. Te Whatu Ora has told hospitals to have surgery booked by the end of this month for all 7,500 people waiting longer than a year for an operation. And they must have a plan to avoid those dates being cancelled. But the president of the Association of General Surgeons, Rowan French, says that to avoid cancellations while still doing urgent surgery hospitals would need to have no problems with capacity.
the best case scenario is that we get really lucky our COVID numbers drop off, our staffing improves, there's no further variants, so the hospitals don't come under the same load. Only then is there a chance that we can succeed. Dr French says most hospitals will struggle to achieve the directive. The number of evacuated properties in the Nelson and Tasman districts has been officially confirmed at 483. An estimated 300 to 350 of those have been affected by slips, mainly in and around Nelson City. Tess Brunton reports. With the initial round of inspections now completed, at least 15 properties have been red-stickered. That means they have significant damage or land stability issues and should not be entered. 108 have been yellow-stickered, meaning they're potentially reoccupiable, but for the moment can only be temporarily entered to secure or remove items. 339 properties can be reoccupied and 21 are still being assessed. Nelson Tasman Emergency Management says these numbers will change following reinspections and as more people register with civil defence. It's five minutes past 12. Immigration New Zealand says almost half the calls it gets are abandoned and waiting times are expected to get worse. And it says it's unlikely to meet its target of completing tourist visas within 20 days while it deals with the surge in applications. Jill Bonnet reports. Immigration New Zealand is trying to recruit more staff to its call centre. It's forecasting an increase to the average 44 minutes spent on hold as other visa types restart but it says it remains committed to bringing wait times down for visitor visas. The agency's dealing with queries on accredited work visas, one-off residents and from students and tourists. Among those who can travel without a visa, almost 200,000 people have received an electronic permit since May. Oranga Tamariki officials have told the Royal Commission of Inquiry into Abuse and Care it's clear the state created a pipeline from its care to the justice system. The Children's Ministry is under its second day of cross-examination at a hearing in Auckland. Asked this morning about the pathway from foster care to the justice system, Senior Manager Paula Attrell said the state system had devastating effects. It wasn't just a pathway into the criminal justice system that failings in this area resulted in. It was a pathway into serious uh, mental health difficulties, physical health difficulties, I mean, and harm across the full range of a person's being resulted from the disconnection that occurred. WorkSafe has been hit with big costs in court because it botched the prosecution of a quarry company. A judge has ruled it should never have laid the charge against Mount Summers Sand and was negligent in pursuing the case. Its inspectors spent just 15 minutes at the quarry in 2018 before wrongly concluding an excavator operator was in danger of being engulfed by sand. The quarry company's lawyers say the costs award of nearly $160,000 is unprecedented. There's been another rash of burglaries in Auckland overnight. Seven incidents are being investigated. Mohamed Alafeshet reports. The police were called to an armed robbery at a dairy in West Harbour at 6 o'clock last evening. Two men entered the Clearwater Cove store and took money from the till. At about 3 in the morning, five stores at a shopping complex in Howick were targeted this time in smash-and-grab-style burglaries. Shortly afterwards, Orake Fine Wines and Spirits was hit by Ram Raiders, which the owner says makes eight times this year. It's understood a number of items were taken, but no arrests have been made yet. 
Members of the Gloria Vale Christian community have been asked to fill out a survey saying whether or not they approve of leavers and others speaking on their behalf in a court case. The Employment Court will next week hear a case brought by six former Gloria Vale women seeking a ruling that they were employees. The survey lists the plaintiffs, lawyers and other leavers and requires members to tick a box giving or declining permission. Liz Gregory from the Gloria Vale Leavers Support Trust says it seems to be a kind of blacklist. It was basically advertising the names of all the people inside Gloria Vale who they would say are against the church or are enemies of the church. Basically, these are all the people involved in the court case and the names of the lawyers and the witnesses and then just some other people that they're not very happy with. Gloria Vale members say they're concerned about people who've left the community speaking on their behalf. Employees at Apple are pushing back against the company's return to office orders. Chief Executive Tim Cook sent a memo last week saying workers will have to work in person at least three days a week starting next month. Our correspondent Gabriel Fami reports. A group of U.S. workers set up an online petition Monday, saying they've shown they can do exceptional work from home over the past two years. They want to decide working arrangements with their immediate managers instead of taking top-down orders. Return to work has been a contentious issue for many U.S. tech companies. Some, like Twitter and Facebook, are allowing people to work from home permanently. Others, like Tesla, have taken a strict approach, saying workers who do not show up to work will lose their jobs. More than 10,000 Apple workers have joined an online discussion board called Remote Work Advocacy. That's the news.